amen, amen, and amen. Well, this is Pastor Lester Hayes and Pastor Sharon Hayes here this morning coming at you. Amen on the creating of prayer culture for God. I'd like to just take the opportunity to welcome all of you, our brothers, sisters, ladies, gentlemen, friends, family, you know, amen, saints of God, prayer wars, intercessors, pastors, clergy, you know, whoever's out there this morning, the broader audience. We welcome you this morning. Thank you for deciding to get up early and join with us this morning. Amen. As we learn and as we grow in the revelations of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we might be better advised, better instructed, you know, better warned that we might be able to be effective in our witness. Amen. To let people know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, Savior of the world, and that through him only we have eternal life. These things were written so that we would be able to know and to do that by sharing it with others. Amen. And so we welcome all of you. Amen. Again, thank you all so much. Uh, all those that are on this morning that hear uh, our voice this morning, we are so grateful for the awesome uh, gathering yesterday. The celebration was just incredible. And we thank God for all of you making it a total success. Amen. Uh, I'm so thankful to God that he does not require us to count numbers. Amen. But he's always got a ram or a few. Amen. To You know, I consider what we did yesterday as a ram in a bush because there's so many people. Amen. Amen. That's caught in the thicket. Amen. The thicket of life, the thicket of fear, the thicket of doubt, the thicket of being overly concerned about stuff that they have so much, uh, you know, control to be able to solve. It just comes down to a choice. Amen. Just a choice. And we saw the power of that yesterday when the young man listened and heard the testimonies and the word, and he just couldn't take it. And he decided to take a walk of faith and go in and, and get the vaccination. And his young son, you know, began to talk about what his father did. And he said, I was not, I'm not, I'm never going to do that. He said, but because of my father, and I said, amen, that seed is planted, <clears throat> amen. And several others that were near there to make a decision, but that's okay, the seed was planted. And so, and then the people that drove up and was too afraid to get out of the car and come and sit with us because they felt it was a black thing and a white thing. And so you see, fear, man, has so many different shapes, forms, and, you know, and, and, and it's just amazing, you know, but the opportunity was there and the invitation was there. And so that's how God do things. He'll bring it to you. He'll lay it out there, but he don't force it on anybody. Amen. None like me. Now, I'll try to force it down your throat if I can because I might not see you the next day. And that's how I operate. And so thank all of you for blinding to the vision and coming out and supporting us. Amen. Because these are critical times we're living in. Yes. And the Bible says that the days are evil. We must redeem the time. He wasn't talking to everybody. He was talking to the redeemed of the Lord. Because free people, free people. The redeemed of the Lord understand being redeemed. We understand where our redemption comes from. And so we are trying to really please God by giving people an opportunity, teaching transgressors his ways. Amen. Trying to break that circle and cycle of fear because fear is a powerful thing. Amen. When you're dealing with an informed mind, when you're dealing with a prideful spirit and an arrogant, you know, heart, you know, a felt desire of people. They just they just say that this is my right not to. And, and that it goes a lot further than that, though, because you can die holding on to your right and miss God when you could have lived and found God, you know, had a chance to build a relationship with God that will carry on throughout eternity. <clears throat> and so it's real. The struggle is real. Amen. God is real. You know, the healing is real. The deliverance is real. The salvation is real. Forgiveness is real. The mercy, the grace, everything about God is genuinely real. 
You know, it's based on truth, moral truth and ethical truth. And so it ain't no lies in God. Amen. We know who the father of the lies are, and it's not God. Amen. And so thank you all again for just a wonderful uh, effort yesterday. Amen. I, we had church. I thought it was great. I know I was filled and thrilled and just oh, excited as I can be. And it's flowing. It's still overflowing. I'm still reliving it in my heart and in my mind and say, God, give us wisdom and ideas of how to make it better. And we will do it again. Amen. We will be back. Amen. And so we give God praise, glory, and honor. This might become an ongoing thing. Amen. Because we believe that if one can be saved, others can be saved. We believe <clears throat> that if one can get vaccinated, two or three or five, many more can. Amen. And so we appreciate the one. Amen. Jesus died for the one just like he did the 100. And so we give God praise, glory, and honor for all of the effort that went into it. Everyone that had a hand to play, especially Pastor Eric and Pastor Phoebe and their ministry team for coming and, and, and providing us with such incredible praise and worship and technical ability to be able to live stream that from the yard there. And so we just give God praise all of the people that work behind the scenes, Pastor Sharon wearing multiple hats, getting food, making trips. A lot of people don't see all the work that goes into the trips to Sam's Club, the trips to public to get all the salads and all the, the things to make your... The, the, you know your event make it comfortable for people and make it enjoyable for them and you know and just be able to show some love through those efforts and minister smith and minister bigger that decorative touch that god has blessed them with to pull that together put you know put all the green carpets around the trailer it was just a beautiful thing and we give god praise glory and honor for that and to see my brother-in-law come for one thing and jumping in and say what can i do bible said whatever your hands find to do do it all to the glory of god and he loves god and you know just so many out there just work brother mcnair come and cut the grass and trim the head i mean it was just a beautiful thing to see just sharing with people what we're going to brother red come over there and yes, chop down yes, uh, poison yes. ivy off the fence and i'm telling you man it's a beautiful beautiful thing to see what god was doing amen and we give god praise for that we give glory and the husbands of those men release their husbands to come out there and work just a beautiful thing, man, to see, amen. And so we give God praise going on for working with such a core of wonderful people. And then we had some folks, Pastor Barbara, you know, beautiful uh, polo shirts that she sent Pastor Sharon and I with our logo on it. You know, T-shirts for, for the members of the church that I love my church. I see why, amen. And we're going to be able to, uh, you know, grow our, our, our brand so that, uh, amen, we'll, we'll just continue to expand, amen, in, in, in every way possible. So, again, I'm just being grateful this morning and appreciative of all that you all did to make it a success. We, we just give God praise for that. We'll try to get a, a, a clip out in the searchlight this week uh, with, with a couple of pictures and send out some thank yous to some people, amen, Chef Griffin and his, his, uh, his team and, uh, you know, the, the nurses and, and whatnot. And we just thank God for the effort. All right, then. Well, let's get in, <clears throat> into the creating a prayer culture for God this morning. Amen. Amen. Again, this is Pastor Sharon and Lester Hayes here this morning. I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, Father, we just pray this morning. Abba, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debt to us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. And, Father, we just thank you this morning. Holy Ghost, we thank you for how you showed up yesterday. You moved by your spirit. We thank you, Lord God, for everything that went down. We thank you for how it came to be, came together, every moving piece came together.
together, Lord God, to present one beautiful day of celebration of overcoming COVID. And we give you all the praise and glory. Let our celebration continue, Lord God. Let it be in us, oh Lord God. And Father, when we come together, let it be a, a, just a universal, uh, a community-wide effort, Lord God, for everybody that, that everybody supply to the body, that the body may edify itself in love is mm -hmm. our prayer, Lord God. Thank you for that spirit of unity. We know blessings were commanded out yes. there yesterday because yes. of the one accord, because of the one voice, because of the one sound as we cried out to you, Lord God, and we're praying that it touched someone, Lord God, someone left changed, someone left with a thought, someone was provoked, Lord God, to think about, Lord God, what a missed opportunity to give their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. But it was there, Father God, for the taking. And so we give you praise, Lord, and honor, Lord God, for how you keep working to draw people. And so have your way this morning, oh God, as we learn more about the revelation of Jesus Christ. Is our prayer. Bless your people now. Save the lost, bang the backslider back, and return the prodigal sons, Lord God, to their first love. Is our prayer this morning in Jesus' name. Now use me, God, to deliver this word, this teaching this morning, Father. I give you all the praise going on in Jesus' name. Bless the ears of the hearers right now, the hearts of the receivers right now. For it's in Jesus' name. Thank you for the dear brother that drove up from Daytona to take the pictures, oh, mm -hmm. Lord God. And God, just a wonderful brother, Lord God. You gave him to us, oh, God, to be a part of our extended family and outreach. And, Lord, he's always ready and available to travel to yes. come and be a part of things, oh, God, because he recognized, Lord God, good programs, good uh, ideas, good visions, oh, God. And so he, not, he wants to be a part of what you're doing. And we thank you for that gift. Bless his gift now, Lord. He does not want any compensation. He said he's already blessed to be a part of a blessed uh, movement of God. And so we give you praise, Lord, now for people like that that you've sent our way in Jesus' name and others that are on the way. And we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So this morning, we're going to continue with our study this morning, uh, Monday morning, uh, September the 6th, 2021, talking about the revelations of Jesus Christ. Amen. Creating a prayer culture for God. And our subject this morning, again, is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, we know that last week we talked about three misconceptions of man about uh, Jesus Christ, you know, what he came to do and what he did do and what he's going to come and do again. And this morning revelation, I want to focus on, we'll, we'll touch just a little bit on uh, to finish up those uh, uh, misconceptions. And then uh, we define the word misconception for you. Amen. You know, and, you know, and, and we're going to talk a little bit this morning about the proof that one really knows God. There always have to be some proof uh, that a person, one individual who say they know God, know God. I talked to some people yesterday and had some interesting conversations and in their mind they thought they knew God and, and, and I, I, I said, hey, that's, that's your right if that's what you believe, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't, you know, when people believe what they believe, they believe what they believe. And all you can do at that time is allow them to believe that way and hope for an opportunity that you can share what you believe and why you believe. And I had the opportunity to do that and a lot of them was like, well, that's interesting. And, and a lot of the feedback I got was not based on what they had learned in the word. It was based on some things they had heard. And most of the comments I got was, well, you know what they say. And I said, well, what does the word say? And they were like, well, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a Bible person. I'm, you know, I'm not this because a lot of folk read the Bible, but they do this, they do that. And I said, but what do you do when you read the Bible? Well, I hadn't read my Bible in a while. Maybe it'd be a good thing to read it sometime. I said, I, read, I can't go a day without reading mine. So there was opportunity to witness going on, even though it wasn't from the platform. There were some people I spoke to in the car, the car window, their cars. There were some people I spoke to just standing out there on the parking lot. And there were some people we spoke to as a group from the platform. 
And so God uses so many different streams to get his word out to people. Sometimes it's one-on-one, -on -one, sometimes it's from the lectern, sometimes you know you, you, it's, it's, it's in prayer, and sometimes it's on the phone. But whatever the case might be, we have to pursue every venue. And so a lot of that went down yesterday. It's because God want to, wants some proof that people really know God. Okay, not, not your religion, your denomination, but that you really know God. And I think we honed in on that yesterday to make that an emphasis and a priority, to make sure they get this invitation to know Jesus Christ, amen, to make him Lord of their life, amen, their Lord and Savior. And so there are like seven tests that we're going to deal with if we open up chapter 2 of, of the book of 1 John, seven different tests that prove it, that prove that a person know God. And it's good that we see these tests, amen, because we probably have already been confronted with some of them. We probably have seen some of them in folks that say they know God. And you know, after a couple of minutes, they the furthest thing from the truth. You know, so there are seven tests that's in the scripture that's in this letter from John. Why? Because John was one of those who were tested. You know, and some of him and some of his, 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 his co-workers, other disciples, other apostles. And so we're going to take a look at that, amen. In the first book of John, today we're going to start in chapter 2, amen. And there's 30, uh, 29 verses in this chapter, and we'll try to cover. It's just two verses I want to focus on this morning, verses 1 and verse 2. It's so much packed there uh, as I was looking over this and so many references there. And we're going to break these two verses down a little bit and try to get for as we can this morning. And so, again, we want to just talk about the proof that, you know, once someone really knows God and there's seven tests, and I don't know how many of these tests we'll deal with today, but we'll get a chance to look at them as we go forward. And so we uh, at an end, we, we, we had at an end of the misconceptions of man about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And uh, over in the, um, amen, in the uh, first book of John, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. So let's look at. Uh, verse 1, and I want you to keep in mind that we're still coming out of the misconceptions as we're going into the, the different tests that prove that you know God. So verse 1 says, my little children, I want you to hold on to that thought, my little children, these things write I unto you, uh, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, okay, it says, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Now, that's our advocate. I don't need nobody else if I got Jesus. It's good to have other people, but that's the advocate right there. And if I got him, I'm good to go. Ain't no other advocate like him. The truth is, uh, you know, we are sinful. We got we to admit that. I tried to hone in on that yesterday. But we should not sin, okay? Mm -hmm. You know, just because we sinners, and God has saved us, we should not be just easily, you know, influenced, tempted to go give in and sin. You know, how can you continue therein? There is a provision, you know, if we do not sin or if we do sin, there's a provision, okay? Jesus Christ is our advocate and the one who pleads for us before God. So now let's break this scripture down a little bit and look at some, some, some scripture references. Number one, I want to deal with uh, A, I'll say A. You know, bowleg a little children, okay? Uh, Christ likeness, you know, is an essential element in our Christian life. You know, like little children. That, see, that's what it means to be uh, Christ like, you know, <clears throat> to be like a little humble lamb, like a, you know, like a little babe, amen? You know, don't know nothing until God teaches something, you know? And so, you know, so we're going to look at that. Uh, 
Christ-likeness, very important. To me, I, sometimes people say, well, what is a Christian? I say, uh, uh, they say, well, I'm a Christian. And I say, well, I'm, I'm, be, I'm trying to become a Christian. You know, I claim being a Christian because the Bible says I have the power to speak things to be not as though they were. So when I say I'm a Christian, what I'm saying is that I'm trying to become a Christian because I'm, 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 I'm Christ-like in the fact that I got saved. That made me Christ-like. But now I got to be converted into being Christ-like. Okay, I got to grow into being Christ-like. I got to mature into being Christ-like so that the proof shows. And no longer is what I said before, but now it's what I do in, in, you know, in real time. Y'all know where I'm coming from. And so we want to deal with that right there a little bit, some references, you know, to maybe help us there with this Christ-likeness, which is an essential element in our Christian life. And so the first reference scripture that I ran across was, you know, just, just bless me. And it's in the book of Matthew, chapter 19, verse 14, the King James Bible. So y'all bear with me. It says, but Jesus said, now listen to it, but Jesus said, mm -hmm. suffer little children and mm -hmm. forbid them not to come unto me for, listen to this now, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And so we're going to have to go through some transition here. You know, I know a lot of us, man, are of age and we've gained some wisdom in the world and some wisdom. Maybe we know three or four scriptures. Lady told me yesterday she just only knew two scriptures, but she quoted them to me. She knew them verbatim. She said, but one thing they can never take away from me is I love Jesus and he loved me. And she went on and re repeated that probably 20 times while I was standing there. And I said, lady, that's a powerful message right there. If you know Jesus loves you and you love him, it doesn't matter what nobody else say or think. That's the key right there. So the whole Bible is based on that premise. He said, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep, you know, three times. I said, so it's all about loving him and being loved by him, right. you know. And so, but we have to become like little children. And I thought about uh, my nephew's little son that was sitting there witnessing his father give, get up after being encouraged and provoked in his thinking, warned and advised and instructed on what he could do. He got up and took a walk of faith and he saw his father do that. Okay. And he responded, you know, he said, I'm not going to do it. He said, but because my daddy did it, I might, you know? And so, you know, that, that, that little child likeness came out and there was his father, you know, being proud for a minute, but becoming like a little child and just getting up and being led into the church and got that vaccination. And so that's an, that's an element of being Christ-like. Because everything we talked about and we used to motivate and encourage him, we were talking about Jesus, what Jesus had done, how Jesus had provided that whole layout yesterday. Jesus provided that. Those nurses to be inside, the way it was set up, the way Pastor Adam organized the inside to make it uh, uh, you know, comfortable for anybody that came in. We covered all those bases because we had people in mind. But take, think about that. But we had to humble ourselves you know, under the hand of God. You know, we couldn't go in there saying, why are we doing it later? No, 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 no. It was just such a spirit of Christ-likeness out there operating. And people it, took advantage of it. And they were blessed by it, you know. Not everybody, but for the ones that were there. And so Jesus has said, suffer not the little children. Now, we had little children out there who witnessed that, you know. And we had some young folks out there witnessed that. Young man testified, you know, Quinn, you know, Siobhan. We had young people out there being a part of it. And there were young people who came, who drove by. There was a lady who had her daughter in the car. It, 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 so there was signs, amen, of Christ-likeness all around us. And we, too, had to humble ourselves out there and, and under the hand of God and just let God have his way. And so another scripture is in the book of Mark. 
It's chapter 9, verse 36 of King James Bible. And I want you to focus on that little precept I just talked about, okay? Uh, he says, my little children. So I want you to think like that. This is how God is talking to us, okay? Uh, we got to be like this. This is Christ-likeness, you know? And in other words, we're maturing in Christ. We haven't learned everything in Christ. So we're growing in Christ, amen? And he goes on to say here in the book of Mark, chapter 9, verse 36 of King James Bible, he says, and he took a child and set him in the midst of them, and he, and, and said, and when he had taken him in his arms, he said unto them, now he spoke something to them, amen, you know, and so listen at this right here now, we saw young folks sitting there yesterday in the midst of, and see, we said right from the get-go that the presence of the Lord was in that place, and so you have to pitch it in a spiritual realm, is that they were sitting in the presence of God, we knew but they might not have known. But nevertheless, God had seated them there and they were listening. They were paying attention. They was eating up everything. And see, that's the child. That's the that's the that's the child part of it. That's the Christ likeness. You know, I believe they, they heard their father speaking, even though it was coming through our voices. And it resonated. We got a response. You know, you know, it was it was beautiful, you know. To see that. And so here it is. And it says, and he said unto them. And we heard what the Lord said unto them yesterday. Pastor Sharon, he taught, he warned, he advised. Guess what? And we got a response. We got a result. You know, and so when God speaks, there's always going to be some increase. It might not be measured the way we want it to be measured sometimes because we like to count numbers. But God forbids us to count numbers. David got in trouble counting numbers. Gideon almost got in trouble counting numbers. And so God, ain't, God is more concerned about the one lost sheep than he is the 99, you know. And sometimes you got to become, I'm so proud of my nephew because I know he's a prideful person sometimes. But, man, he really humbled himself yesterday and took that walk of faith. And young people saw that, his son especially. Other young people saw that. And that's what it's all about because he heard what the Lord said. But if he wouldn't have been sitting there in the midst, he came by the day before we talked, he said, Uncle, I'll be there. I need this. And he told me yesterday, I need this. See, young people need God too. Yes. And it takes free people, older, mature, free people sometimes to be the instruments that God used, you know. And see, they couldn't deny the power of God. You had two young musicians up there playing, love God, on fire for God. You know, you had a young pastor and his wife up there, man, praising God, worshiping God, you know, humbled themselves, you know. Pastors, you know, humbled themselves, you know, provide that praise and worship, provide that word of encouragement, you know, oh. spoke to those, you know, young people. That has an impact. Because they're looking at you saying, what is, what is it, man, about God that make these young folks, man, we, they ought to be out doing X, Y, and Z. No, we love God. And we have humbled ourselves and postured ourselves, and we sat before God so that others will come and sit before him. And when we share that with them, they either going to say, I don't want no part of this, get up and leave, or they're going to sit there and hear what God got to say. And that was the case yesterday, you know. So that, 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 that word keeps coming back about Christ-likeness, you know, my little children, because God is speaking to us as little children. Goes on in the book of Mark chapter 10, verse 15, the King James Bible. He says, verily, meaning surely, I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God, listen to this, y'all, as a little child. He shall not enter therein. Man, that thing never blessed me. That's exactly what happened yesterday. Now you think about the, the, the return. God said his word will not return void. Think about the return that, that those who sat there yesterday like a little child and humbled themselves and sucked it all up and took it all in. 
they now can enter into other other parts of the kingdom, other aspects of the kingdom of God. A lot of it is future now. A lot of it is current right now. You know, remember what he said? If you seek first the kingdom of God, his way of doing things, he going to add these other things that you desire unto you. I used that scripture so much yesterday to tell people, man, that what was taking place out there is that we are doing things God's way so that God can add everything else to us. Mm. And, and, and let me throw this in. We did not ask one time for anybody to give any money, but people gave donations. I ain't going to disclose who and, and how much, but they did. Just, you know, just did it. God laid it on their heart. See, when you take care of what Jesus' way of doing things, he adds things to you. You know, he adds things to you, you know. And so it's, it's just amazing. He said he shall not enter therein. And so all, if you don't, you know, if you don't receive him as a little child and thank God for those people who sat there yesterday like little children I had to tell them a couple of times, like, little children, y'all get up and walk and praise God. Y'all get up and talk to Jesus. Y'all get up and tell it's him thank right. you. And they yeah. did it just like little children. See, just like little children. Got up and walked and talked to Jesus and said some things to him. Everything they were told to do, say Jesus, 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 three times. They did that. I, could, I said, God, look at this. This is like, this is how we're supposed to be. I don't know about Pastor. My feet hurt and all that. No, people got up and they were obedient. And, you know, obedience, man, brings, it's better than sacrifice, but it brings a blessing, you know. Over in the book of Luke, chapter 18, verse 15 through 17, the King James Bible says, And they brought unto him also infants, that he would touch them. But when his disciples saw it, they rebuked them. Isn't that something? You always look at them, got them children out there exposing them to COVID. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure there was some mindset, saw them children sitting out there with us, probably thought that way because we had heard the little negative reports. You know, that was probably the safest place in time. Come on. <coughs> Being out there in the presence of God. Come on, somebody. You know, and we didn't have to rebuke nobody because the Lord had already rebuked them. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Suffer little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Come on now, verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall not shall in no wise enter therein. Goes on in the book of John, chapter 13, verse 33, the King James Bible says, Little children, yet a little while, and I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and as I said unto you, unto the Jews, whether I go, ye cannot come. So now I say unto you, okay? He say, now I'm telling you, okay? He's talking to the Jews. Notice that now. You know why? They were unwilling to humble themselves like little children. Mm -hmm. That's why they rebelled against him and rejected him. They did not want to humble themselves. They wanted to enter into the kingdom of God, but they didn't want to do it God's way. Therefore, they rejected him and got divorced by him. And so guess what he did next? I prepared a wedding feast for you. Go in, 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 in the highways and byways and hedgeways and compel all the Gentiles out there, anybody out there, whosoever will, to come now. Because the ones that I chose... You know, and to be my children rejected me before me. You know, now we get a chance to come, but we still got to humble ourselves too under the hand of God. And that's how a lot of us came in, you know, into the family. We had to humble ourselves, you know, full of pride, arrogant, you know, playing church, you know, tradition of men had us bound, falling into every kind of direct temptation, mm. not watching for God to make a way to escape that we can bear. We ain't know none of that before we got saved. We thought we were okay. We knew, man, we mastered playing the church game. But see, God saved us. He called us out of that. 
mm. and he brought us in and we had to humble ourselves to get in you know and we got to humble ourselves to stay and remain in and let God exalt us in due time. He specializes in that. Humble yourself under the hand of Almighty God, and He will exalt you in due time. Some people are going to exalt themselves no matter what the scriptures say. You know. And so uh goes on here in the book of uh, Book of uh First Corinthians, chapter 14, verse 20, King James Bible. It says, Brethren, be not children in understanding. <laughs> How be it in malice be ye children? But in understanding, you be men. See, see what he's saying right there? You know, malice should not be the strong suit of your Christian character. But understanding should be. You know why? Because as a child, when you ask your father for something, and your father loves you, he ain't going to give you no serpent. He going to give you what you need. Mm. Maybe not be what you want. Thank you. But see, now he also said in the scripture, evil fathers will get it you know they, we know they're gonna give him a serpent but he says not me i'm not an evil father i'm a loving father and i give you what you need i supply all your need according to my riches glory by christ jesus and we need jesus christ we need a relationship with our father yes. through jesus christ you know and our children should feel the same way about us mm. you know and we should not give them you know evil stuff we should not provoke them to wrath well, our father didn't do that to us loving he's kind he's long-serving he's patient with us and he supply everything we need now that we're saved he don't withhold no good thing from us if we walk up right before him and so he's saying this here right here see don't don't let uh ungodly character be the most prominent thing that people see in your life if you say you're a christian you know especially if you're a father or mother and you're responsible for your children your household you know, remember yesterday we had people out there to say, as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. Mm -hmm. After I saw a show of hands of people and I said, how many of you, you know, got dishes with this, you want this and you want that to be saved, you got this problem. And a lot of hands went up. That's right. And we gave them an option. We gave them a choice. You know, we could have told them to kick them out. But no, we said, declare right now in, in this atmosphere, declare as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. Joshua 24, 15, we gave them that, and they did it. So that's, they probably went home, and there's some changes that are being made because the word cannot come back void. Mm. You know? And so he goes on here, man, and says, if you don't have understanding, we always know James teaches us to do what? Ask God for understanding. He said, get wisdom, get knowledge, but in all you're getting, get some understanding. See, because understanding is important uh, for this reason. As I was stating earlier, as I talked with some people yesterday, they had scriptures in mind, but it was the application of how they were trying to apply them. You know, you can't make a round thing fit into a square. You, you can force it in there. You can beat it and get it stuck, and then you can't get it out. And so you end up destroying the whole apparatus. That's right. It ain't no more use to you because you done stuck a square thing in a round or vice versa. But see, everything about God is universal to fit every life. See, it's universal. That's why we say this is a universal message, but everybody is not going to fit everybody the same way because a lot of times it, it, it won't fit in rejection. It mm. fit in acceptation. When people accept it, it fits perfectly. It's like it belongs to you. You know why? Because that's our Father speaking to his children. Now, if you, your Father is of the devil, the liar, and you, you, you base everything on lies and misconceptions and preconceived notions and tradition of men and other winds of doctrine, it is not going to fit. Mm. 
in your Christian walk. There's always going to be opposition. There's always going to be kicking your foot against a prick, bumping into a brick wall, ain't going nowhere. Talking loud, ain't saying nothing, ain't getting nothing done. You know. So that understanding is important. Don't let, uh, I, I had some people yesterday that disagree with me. That was their strong point. And they talked about what outstanding Christians they were. And I said to myself, why are you, then if you, why are you resisting the truth? I have not told you anything that I said. I told you what he said. And you said you know what he says, but I can't get you to reference one scripture to back up what you're saying. It ain't even documented, but it's in your mind like a wall. Stronghold, Pastor Sherrinson. And you got to work on changing the way they think. Because you change the way you, they think, you change what they do. And the word of God is the best way to change the way a, a person thinks. Because the word renews your mind. But until they stop wanting to conform to the things of this world, because they kept saying they, they, you know what they said. And I'm trying to get, who is they? Who, who said it? They couldn't give me not one name. I said, okay. That's their understanding. And it's flawed. But I didn't, I didn't condemn them. I just planted seeds. So they took the seed with them. I gave them the word. I gave them the scripture. That ain't coming back, boy. You know. So let's go on here a little bit as we move forward here, talking about the little... Christ-like, to child-like. Uh, in the book of 1 Peter, uh, chapter 2, verse 2, the King James Bible, another reference. Uh, remember what we're talking about now. We're focusing on that first little precept in that verse 1 where it talks about my little children. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. There was a lot of people out there yesterday I felt like was desiring the sincere milk of the word. Where I draw that conclusion from, Pastor Sharon, is just up on the platform and look under that tent mm -hmm. and see how everybody had just humbled themselves. Desiring, desiring to hear what we were going to say. Desiring to hear the testimonies. And they didn't all come from me. Desiring to hear, okay, I want to hear Pastor Sharon's testimony. I want to hear what Pastor Eric, Pastor Phoebe got to say. I want to hear what Brother Quinn got to say. I want to hear what Pastor Lester got to say. You know, they wanted to hear and thank God that we were not afraid to give them the instructions of the Lord, to advise them from the Bible, from the word, from the scripture, and to, you know, warn them also, you know, that there's a danger for rejecting God's word. We ain't the one that's saying it. He, 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 he gives the word for that reason, to instruct, to advise, and to warn, you know, because there's dangers in rejecting God and his word. But there's also danger when you reject the men and women of God who God has set there for you to deliver that word that he works through. You know? And we're not there to condemn. We're there to just instruct, advise, and warn. Warning could be like, this is what the Lord said. Thus say the Lord. You know, Now it's his word. It ain't my word, but he's using me to deliver his word. And people were sitting and I felt like they were designed it like newborn babes, that sincere milk of the word that was very thoroughly explained by some qualified people that ye may grow thereby. So I believe there's some growth coming from what was, what was heard yesterday. Uh, so the word of God was written with a purpose. Now when you go back up to that first verse, okay, where it says, okay, we just dealt with the little children portion and said these things write I unto you so there's a purpose now for what's written unto you okay okay what is the purpose that ye okay now we want to deal with that that ye who is that ye universal talking about everybody that is written to okay 
first to the Jews, then to the Gentiles, okay? But it's a universal message. He said that ye, all those out there that shall read, hear, have access to, you know, no excuses made. Now let's go back and see what the purpose was and look at some scripture reference for what was written to ye, meaning everybody out there, okay? That, that every reader that reads this word, hear this word, get a chance at this word. Okay, it says the word of God was written with a purpose for us, ye, the yees, the yeas, the whoevers. Uh, in the book of John chapter 20, verse 30, 31 of the King James Bible, which we just finished up before. See how it's carrying over now in John's writing? It says, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through him. So you understand that we have to now humble ourselves like little children, that these things that are written, that ye, you, me, everybody that here have access to it. Okay? So everybody's included. That's the purpose. It's a universal message. Okay? That we might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through him, not through me, not through somebody else. Okay. Uh, in chapter 15 of the book of Romans, chapter four, King James Bible, I'm, I can hear mother Helen when I was reading this, she always liked to go to this verse of scripture that, uh, that pastor Eric had used a lot in some of his teaching. We love this passage. And uh, she refers to it a lot of times. Uh, and I understand why, you know, cause she's right there close to, to, to the one who uses it a lot in his teaching pastor Eric. And it says, for whosoever, it says, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So that's the purpose for us, the yees, the yeas, and the whoever's, you know, that we might have hope. You know, we say a lot of times, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, King James Bible, always say, God said, hey, look, I know my thoughts towards you. They're not evil, but they're good, okay? They have a purpose. What is that purpose? To bring you to an expected end, to do what? Give you a hope and a future, okay? So you don't end up shipwrecked. In the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 11, the King James Bible, I want you to continue to think about the universal message here to the yees and yeas and the whoevers. He says, now all these things happen unto them for an example, and they are written for our admonition Upon whom the ends of the world are come. You know, so he's speaking the end here at the beginning before it's over. Now, remember when this was spoken with a view of the end of the world. It had come before God and he saw the end at the beginning and had these things to write down as an example so we can prepare that for the end that's coming. That's why we place so much emphasis on preparation. See, the revelation of Jesus Christ, man, is more than just, you know, knowing that, you know, yeah, 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 whatever we know about him. Mm -hmm. But it's looking at him as Alpha and Omega, too, beginning and the end, too. You know, first and the last, too. You know, get all the revelation before you make a determination. That'll boost your understanding to a whole nother level about Jesus. Goes on to say here, man, in the uh, first book of Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 11, the King James Bible says, it says, now, now all these things happen unto them as an example. OK, and they are written for our admonition. OK, now that admonition there what he's talking, it's like, you know, when I read that word, I said, I said, that's like having some ammunition for what is to come. 
You know, you have to shoot some things down with the truth. Them lies going to be out there. The deception's going to be out there. False prophecy, false teaching, doctrine of the devil. Every wind the doctrine going to come from every direction. And it's happening. But you got to have some, ab some, some admonition, you know, written for our admonition, <coughs> for our edification, for our learning, for our maturing, you know, for our work of the, of, in ministry. You got to know and first learn about ministry. It's for our admonition, for our good, for our benefit, for our understanding, for our help, for our hope. You know, all those things included. Uh, in the book of First John chapter 1, verse 40, King James Bible says this, And these things write we unto you, that your joy might be full. See, if you're doing it God's way, weeping may endure for a night, but joy going to come in the morning. It ain't going to last forever. And that joy don't come from the world. It comes from God. And, and it's like, it should be like Jeremiah's fire shut up in your bone. It should be unspeakable. It should be full. That's because that's what God desired for us that our joy be full, and that it remain. See, because if it remains, guess what he's saying to you? It remains so that it can help other people who have no joy as you encounter them. You can talk about the joy of the Lord is my strength. You can talk about weeping may endure for a night, and joy comes in the morning. Go read the book of Psalms, chapter 30, verse 5 of the King James Bible. It'll tell you that. You ain't supposed to weep forever. Some joy. You're a Christian. You're a believer. You're in the church. You should have some joy. You should look for joy. And the joy that you have, it should not be uh, joy that the world gives you, temporary joy. Bible says this in the book of Romans chapter uh, uh, 14, verse 16, 16 to 18. It says, look here, the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink. It's not in getting all the material things you need. No, you know. It's in joy, righteousness, and peace, and the Holy Ghost. One of the fruit of the Spirit. Minister Smith talked about the other day. Our anniversary was focused on that, you know, complete, you know, God's completeness, you know, through the nine fruit of the spirit. Okay? And so he wants that joy to be full and remain. In the book of First John, chapter five, verse 13, the King James Bible. I know a lot of people don't think all these things here, man, come through being Christ-like. Yes, they do. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. That's the whole results right there. All of this work, all of these 66 books were written for that reason right there. Because a lot of people need that and more than that to believe. That's why he said everything that God did ain't written in the book. There are some things that only the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to you. Come on. That are yet to come, yet to be known. You remember what he said in the scripture? It, you know, eyes have not seen, you know, ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man all the things that God was told from those who love him. There are some secrets that are going to seek God no matter, even if they can't read or write, don't have a Bible. They're still going to seek God. And God going to reveal himself to them. And it goes on here now. Let's talk about what was the next part of that verse. It says, that ye sin not. So let's deal with that part right there, the sin not part of this revelation out of this verse. Sin is forbidden, okay? Even though we still commit sin because we're sinners saved by grace, that means we're not perfect yet, but we're being perfected. We're being converted. We're being changed. Remember what God is creating? A new person, a new man, a new woman, a new believer, a new race of believers. Yes. For that new heaven and new earth and that new Jerusalem. So, so we're working in progress as we say he who has begun a good work in us will continue to perform until the day of his return to redeem his church. Book of Philippians chapter 1 verse 60 King James Bible. That was our theme for our youth conference a while back. 
And so, you know, all of it is in, is in the scripture. It's documented. But sin is forbidden, as we just said right there. It says uh, in the book of John, chapter 5, verse 14, the King James Bible, it says, Afterwards, Jesus findeth him in the temple, okay, and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. That's a warning. I told you the word of God instructs, it advises, but it also warns. Mm. A lot of times people don't want to use the scripture to warn. They want to use their authority. You know, I said so. No, the word says so. What did the scripture say? This is what's written for us to instruct us, to advise us, to warn us. You know, sin not, that you sin not. Okay? It's mm. right there in the word. Use it. Uh, in the chapter of 8, the book of John, chapter 8, verse 11, the King James Bible says this. She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. That's the cause of your problem. Not what them clowns said because they in sin too. Probably was one of them who, who, who slept with you. Mm. You know. Y'all know we're talking about the woman caught in adultery. But look at what Jesus told her. Get rid of your cause of it and you'll be okay. Where are your accusers? Well, they got sin too. He probably told them the same thing, but they didn't hang around. There's a lot of people don't hang around. I didn't see nobody leave yesterday that was sitting up under there. They were like little babies, soaking in everything. Take young folks, you know, some older people. Every, and there was some out there live screaming, you know. Pastor Eric was telling me about his mother was on. I'm not calling her no sinner or nothing, but I'm just saying this, this message is universal for everybody. And we saw that yesterday. You know. Some people drove up and, and, and heard. Some people crossed the street were listening. Black folks, white folks. Some folks watched their car so much. I said, man, they've they been over the whole time we've been out here. They wasn't just watching no car. They were trying to get a message the cheap way. But you heard me tell them, hey, y'all over the car watch, man. Come over here and get your soul clean. So you'll match your car when, you, when you're driving around. You'll be clean and it'll be clean. Come on, you know. So see, God got a, got a word for everybody, man. But look at what he said. Go and sin no more. So he said that ye sin not, okay? That ye, talking about anybody out there that's operating in sin, you know? And we all are sinners saved by grace. In the book of Romans chapter 6, verse 12, the King James Bible says this right here. Let no sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Come on, little truth. <clears throat> also in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 34, the King James Bible says, And awake to righteousness, and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. This is why the people are left to sin so easily. They don't have the knowledge of God. This is what we were doing yesterday. Okay? We was trying to awake them to righteousness. You remember yesterday how many times we placed an emphasis as the Holy Ghost placed an emphasis on righteousness, how to become righteous? Yes, yes, yes. That was, that was highlighted yesterday, amplified. People heard that. And they were awakened to righteousness. Because some people just take for granted that they're righteous because they're a member of a church. No, he says here, awake to righteousness. How do you awake to right? When people tell you how you the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ, his blood that was shed, you know, if you confess your sins, you know, he will cleanse you. Thank you, Lord. And he will do what? Remove all unrighteousness. Yes. So that you can become the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ, his shed blood. He says, and sin not, for some have not the knowledge. That's the problem right there. They have not the knowledge of God. And so they speak this in shame. And so one more here, the last precept is Jesus Christ is our Savior, okay? Becoming our mediator. And we're going to go ahead and end right there. We'll pick this up on Thursday morning. Amen. We'll just end right there. 
uh, I, I want us to preserve some time here for, um, you know, for comments. Uh, if you look in the verse and, and, and put a note there, okay, where we ended at, we dealt with, okay, what he said about, um, what he said about uh, in that verse, my little children, that's the first precept we dealt with. And then he says that ye, that's the second precept, sin not, that's the third precept. And we'll finish up with the advocate with the father. We'll pick up there in our next lesson. All right, then. Well, Father, we thank you. We thank praise you. you. We give you glory. We give you honor for how you're speaking to us. You're walking us through the reference scriptures that we can be able to have a greater revelation and understanding. You said understanding so that these other things don't take a higher precedent in our life like malice and jealousy and envy and strife and, 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 and lean into our own understanding and failing to acknowledge you in all our ways that you want to direct our path. Only, Lord God, when we come before you and appear like little children to learn, Lord God, to desire the sincere milk of the word. So we're praying that this message goes out today and resonate with many out there that lack understanding, many out there that are letting other things take priority above the knowledge of who you are, Lord God. And it has caused many to sin, Lord God, willfully and some unknowingly. But we're praying today in the name of Jesus that this word will go out. It will not come back, boy, to the do what you please in the purpose which you sent it. And we give you praise for it. Now we give you glory and honor for it right now. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen and amen. We're going to shift to our comments with Pastor Sharon and then followed by our pastors, uh, Eric and Phoebe, and so on. Pastor Sharon. Good morning, everyone, and uh, thank God for being here today. Uh, good lesson. I thank